Hello, and welcome to episode 30, Crooked Crime Sister Fans. We're very excited for today's episode because it is unlike anything you've ever heard before in your life. Not, they probably have heard of it. Yeah, not really, because, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we cover, mm-hmm. at least someone's heard of it. But still, it's still fun. Or heard of, heard of parts of it. Um, I was telling Tanner about this case, and he's like, oh, yeah, I totally know that case. And then I was like, oh, do you? And he's like, totally, <laughs> he said something that was not the case. I was like, what is You're that? Like, not even close, bro. No, what, that's not even a case, Tanner. I've never heard of that in my life. So maybe you don't know the case. We'll see. We'll see. Definitely going to be a fun one, though. And yeah, we're very excited to share this story with you. So enough of the shenanigans. Let's just jump right into it. But before we do that, of course, I have my intro. We are sisters from the Pacific Northwest. And every Thursday, we're here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we are completely obsessed with true crime, but not in a morbid way. And we too realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any means, but rather crime enthusiasts who like to talk. So with that, let's get started. All right. Um, today's case, disclaimer, I really don't know like what to disclaim. I don't think it will offend too many people. Is this like uh, a rated G situation? I think it's rated G. Uh, well, cool. Uh, it has to do with airplanes. If you don't like that, I don't know. Some people don't like airplanes. Yeah, that's scary. a trigger warning of airplanes. <laughs> yeah, don't watch Manifest, triggered. first of all. Yeah. Second so. of all, don't listen to this podcast today. Yes. So, yes, welcome to the podcast. Today's case is a fun one because let's be real, I only do the fun cases. Um, we will be talking about D.B. Cooper, which is okay. I, I, I don't, I honestly, like, don't know how we got this case. I didn't really, I don't really know much before studying this case about D.B. Cooper. Uh, did you suggest this one, Taylor? Because I don't remember. Yes, I absolutely suggested this case because I feel like there's nothing more notorious than a mystery in the Pacific Northwest than D.B. Cooper. Like, it just... We got Bigfoot and we got D.B. Cooper. What's going on with those? That's what it is. Which, by the way, we didn't say this in the very beginning. Hi, I'm Taylor, and this is Tristan. So now you know which one is which. I guess. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but like Taylor said, this is kind of like an urban legend. It's honestly like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like somewhat realistic. I'm not talking like, you know, Mothman, like Loch Ness, like monster urban legend, but really like this seems like something out of the Twilight Zone. I just I disagree. I feel like I don't know all the facts about it, but it has to be true. Like it has to be because I was told about it as a child. So clearly that means like it's real. It's real. Oh, my God. All of it's real. So I'm really the excited. The tooth fairy's real. You're told about, like, as a child, the tooth fairy. That's real. Yes. Now. And I'm excited to hear, like, what you have to say because I feel like I'm going to learn a lot of things that I didn't know. We are. We are learning lots of things today. Woop, woop. Um, but, yeah. With that being said, today's tale takes place in 1971. And let's just say, like, lots of stuff was happening Honestly, not really, but <laughs> yeah. 
I think the craziest thing of all that I like found was that we had an amendment to our constitution. Taylor, do you know what amendment this is that we had in 1971? Uh, I don't. And uh, my first guess was going to be like freedom of speech. Bam. (laughs) Did I get it? That's like the first. No, that's oh. <laughs> an amendment. That's just like a right, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, fine. An the amendment-, amendment is like we changed. It. Oh my god. That no, was- I know, never but mind. like, never mind. But did we, know, make- <laughs> did we make an amendment to freedom of speech, uh, gun laws? Like, I don't know. What's what amendment was made? The- are those amendments, dude? I don't, I don't know, know. But all I know is our history teachers are in their classroom <laughs> rolling around on the floor because they're probably not dead yet but yeah. if they were dead they're rolling in the graves too um i didn't write down the number of the amendment because i really wanted taylor to guess i didn't want to like say it i think it's the 27th amendment but it was the amendment from voting age from 21 down to 18 oh i didn't know that's that weird yeah i didn't know that. i feel like that was like in the like seventies they changed that. I feel like that was like changed a long time ago, but I guess that was a long time ago. It's like fifty years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like fifty but, years ago. But still crazy. So fun fact, tell that at your family dinner table tonight. Twenty seventh Amendment. I think it's the twenty seventh. I'm actually not sure. But nineteen seventy one, the voting age went down to eighteen. Woohoo. Woo. <laughs> anyway. Also, 1971, uh, we'll just give you some nice statistics. Uh, The average house cost $25,000 and rent was only $150 a month. Oh, my Lanta. (laughs) Can you just, like, imagine? $150 a month for rent and now we're at, like, you can't find anything for less than, like, $2,000. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Um, but one thing that was still kind of expensive, which is really interesting, was airfare. So the average domestic airline fare was $46.87. With, like, inflation, that would be $283 today. Okay, but then the question is, like, how far are you going with that? I don't know. I really don't know what average domestic airline fare yeah, is. Yeah, because, like... Mean? Is that just, like, a trip down to California, or, like, are we flying across the country? Okay, but you can still, like, okay. Eh. Okay, actually, no, it doesn't make sense. Because airplane, air, like, flights are, like, really expensive right now. Because it's, like, $300 to fly, like, to Reno or something, one of my coworkers said. And I was like, what the heck? That seems crazy. But, like, before the pandemic, you could get, like, a $60 flight to Vegas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like it's pretty average. I don't I don't know if it's like a cross country or what, but I feel like it's not that far off. You could probably find like a good last minute flight for three hundred bucks. Easy. Two eighty three. Two eighty three. I don't fly, but <laughs> you could. You could try. Anyway. So I guess flying, you know, it's it's a luxury. It was a luxury, like a real luxury back then. Yeah. And do you know what else is interesting about flying? It has to do with today's case. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't yes. know. I would love to know. Share know. the share the tale. Tell the tale. What do you mean? What? Okay. Anyway. So if you do not live under a rock with me, 
you probably know about D.B. Cooper, or maybe you've seen the movie Without a Paddle. Or maybe you have seen Without a Paddle and still have no idea what the real plot of that movie was and had really no idea that who D.B. Cooper was or is. And it has to do with that plot of the movie, like me. Which, I had no idea. Also, you forgot to say they claimed that Loki was D.B. Cooper in the new Loki series. So that needed to be mentioned. <sighs> There's a lot of, like, D.B. Cooper stuff. Um, Tanner, I told Tanner about this case, and he made me listen to a song by M.F. Doom. I've never even heard of that. You don't know who M.F. Doom is? No. Wow. Anyway, um, the song is called, I'm not sure if I can say this word, Cakes. <laughs> cakes? Blank Cakes. Patty Cakes? I mean, it, ma'am, is that an a, <laughs> edgy word to say on a podcast? Okay, okay. I, I get what you're saying. I was trying to help the, the viewers. Jeez, I don't think you are getting what I'm saying. It's uh, Garden Tool Cakes. Yes. Anyway, he refers to himself as D.B. Cooper. Oh. I don't know why. It's probably untrue because unless he's like a 60, 70-year-old man. I think he died recently. Oh, the guy did? So we'll never know. So possibly he um, Not D.B. Cooper. No, but the guy who said that he was <laughs> yeah. D.B. Cooper. I get what you're saying. Oh, my God. Okay, who's referring to it in a song? I don't think he's actually claiming. Okay, this is already off to a bad start. <laughs> he's not claiming he's D.B. Cooper. He just referred to the song as D.B. Cooper. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Also, you seriously haven't seen Without a Paddle? I have seen the movie. I did not realize that it was about D.B. Cooper? Oh, okay. It's about D.B. Cooper. That's what I was saying. Anyway. Favorite line. Thanks for breaking glass where my kids play. I honestly don't remember much about that movie. The only scene I remember is that they, like, meet this girl who's, like, a hippie and they throw her poop on the bad guys. <laughs> the tree. That's so gross. And That's yeah, like, happened, they go right? up to the yeah. treehouse or whatever and, like, the girls, yeah, are in there, yeah. Yeah, that's so all I stupid. remember of the movie. So stupid. Anyway, so, and then, like I said, that movie literally came out in the early 2000s. I was, like, in my early fives. In my early like five fives. And, I was, like, five and below. Like, I, what do you expect from me? Yeah, I just. All I remember is I'm throwing poop. Like, let's be real. Well, I'm just saying, like, The Lion King came out when I was really little, but I still have seen it more than once. It could have been, like, one of those things. You're really comparing the masterpiece of The Lion King to, <laughs> to Without, Without a Battle. Battle. I guess that's true. Yeah, rethink your choices. Okay. Think that. Anyway, back on topic. D.B. Cooper. So, let's set the scene. Yes. It is a brisk afternoon in Portland, Oregon. Woo. The date? November 24th, 1971. And let's be real. It is probably raining. Yeah. And yes, for all of you wondering, I did look up to see if it was Thanksgiving. It was not. It was Thanksgiving Eve, the mm, day before. Sweet. Which I am so sorry, but total side note. Uh, Blackout Wednesday, have you ever heard of that? No. I guess that's a thing you're supposed to like binge drink before Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, I've never, ever heard that of sounds that. actually awful. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds so gross. Like that sounds literally like I don't maybe want to be for some people. On Thanksgiving. Yeah, but maybe for some people, that's how they have to deal with it. You know, trying to that's see their family true. members. 
But yeah, people referred to it as like the drunkest, like party it party night of the year. And I was like, what? Weird. <laughs> never. Yeah. Never heard of that in my life. But anyway. Um, a man of the name Dan Cooper buys a one-way ticket to Seattle, Washington from Northwest Orient Airlines. Which, fun fact, the Northwest Orient Airlines is not around anymore, but they have merged into Delta Airlines, which we all know Delta. Yes. Anyway, Dan Cooper buys tickets with all cash. Um, I couldn't find the exact amount, but I assumed it was like around twenty dollars that's what i've read oh seriously um, that's we... it okay but inflation it was forty dollars is 283 so twenty dollars is like a hundred and something bucks yeah i guess that's true and he's flying from portland to, to seattle yeah okay all right all right exactly so that is a pretty penny back then um and i i just don't know I don't know who would spend that much money on such a short flight, especially because it's like two. You could drive it in two hours, like what you're yeah. up there for like thirty minutes. Were you really in that I, much of a hurry? I honestly like do not know. Um, and, and real question: Did airplanes go the same speed back then as they do now? I feel like they don't. <laughs> why? Why wouldn't they, they go the same speed? They had to be slower because of technology. They had to be like slower back then. You know what I mean? That's like 50 years ago. Okay, that that's a decent question, but I still still don't I, believe. I, I don't it think like that bothers me. Like I think that's one of the number one things that's bothered me about this whole entire case. Is does airplanes fly the same speed? Could could you redo this event and would you could you do it the exact same way or could you not because like the airplane was flying too slow? That's the question. Ma'am. Ma'am. All right. Despite advances in technology and increasingly better planes, flights are actually slower now than they were before. What? Hmm. Hmm. No, I refuse to believe it. I Commercial planes it. Nope. fly between 480 and 510 knots these days, while they used to be 525 back in a Boeing 7, like a 707 um, in the 1960s. Interesting. That's a lie. It's not. I will literally the send you the article. Us. It's it's a conspiracy. They're trying to fake us out. Right? Lots of they things. They probably didn't wear seatbelts back then either. Life was crazy. Going faster in planes and hijacking them. But anyway, let's get on to the story. Yes. So, Dan boards the Boeing 727 and sits in a seat and orders a bourbon and soda. Which, fun fact, they don't have 727s anymore. They said, see ya. You're old and you're loud. See ya. <laughs> yeah, they don't have them anymore. I, I read that the, like, the last one to ever fly was like in 2019. They don't do them anymore. Weird. Oh, my God. You actually sent me the link. You just ruined my day. Anyway. <laughs> so okay. this dude is like just an average looking man. Witnesses say he's like in his mid-40s, wearing a business suit, black tie, and he – also read that he was like wearing dark sunglasses and mm. had like an olive complexion. Definitely going on his vacay. His sunny's on. Could be. There was only 36 passengers on this flight, not including the crew. So it wasn't like a very big plane either. No, that's like super small. Small. Yeah. Yeah. Small so flight, not short flight. Of- yeah. 
So it's not like, I don't know, not, not a lot of people are worth freaking spending 20 bucks to fly for an hour. Yeah. Well, Which, I mean, people could be having connecting flights. Like I've had connecting flights like fly up to Seattle to head to Dallas or something like that, you know. But whatever. I guess so. I so, guess so homie's got his sunglasses on, drinking his drinks, and, you know, what could go wrong? Well, we're still at takeoff, so we haven't even, like, hit altitude yet. Like, wow. Yeah. I, I'm using plain <laughs> words. <laughs> okay. Dude, this, like, whole podcast is going to be crazy. Okay. So the flight takes off at 4.35 p.m. Mm-hmm. And once up in the air, a stewardess named Florence Schnaper passes by Dan. Dan grabs her attention and slips her a note in which she places in her pocket and ignores. Okay. So during this time, it was pretty common for, like, stewardess to get past notes from single men passengers with, like, numbers on it or Gross. a hotel room. Yeah. I was like, oh, sleazy. Trashy. So... Obviously, Florence, like, she was not into it. I call her Flo sometimes. Just, it's Florence's Flo. Anyway, she really didn't think anything of it. She's like, okay, whatever. Put it in her pocket. Forget it. Yeah. By the way, side note, what's, like, the weirdest way someone has given you their number? Uh, I've literally been married since I was 18. So, like, I don't, I've never had anybody, like, give me their number (laughs) since I was, like, in high school. And there was no weird one, but I'm, I bet you have something weird. Wow. You really like ruined this whole. I'm sorry. A lot. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm lame. Anyway, I had a customer at Dutch. He gave me his number on the back of a a mod pizza sticker. Oh, he was a train conductor. Like legitimately. (laughs) Legitimately. I hope all is well with him. That's. I totally like washed the sticker, I think, in my pants and yeah. I really didn't want anything to do with it anyway. That's but interesting. yeah. If you're listening to this, choo choo. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Florence Flo does not want to play games with this man. Yeah. But the next time she passes by Dan. He, like, motioned her to come, like, lean in closer, and he told her that she should read the note and that he had a bomb nodding towards his suitcase. Gross. What do you mean gross? Like, that would suck. Like, do you actually believe him? (laughs) Because at that point, like, okay, you're going to tell me that, like, you have a bomb, like, through a note, but now you're going to tell me to my face. I don't know. I feel like that's just weird. I mean, this whole thing is weird, obviously. This whole situation is really weird, but, like, I don't know. That is such a situation to be in. Um, So, obviously, like, Flo went from, like, whatever dude to, like, oh, my God. Like, which, sorry, there's so many side notes, but, like, what a way to destroy a criminal's, like, self-confidence. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you (laughs) literally get the courage to bring a bomb on the plane and you hand a note to the flight attendant and she, like, doesn't read it. (laughs) (laughs) That's like when you finally admit you're a serial killer and people are like, no, you're not. You're so funny. Like, that's not true. And then, like, their egos just go out the window. Yeah, it's kind of like a what's-what's-his-face, happy face where they, like – 
they said it was someone else and he was like what the heck they yeah got me. so mad <laughs> i did that yeah that's literally like what i was thinking of when i read that like you do all this work and she doesn't even read the note you yeah. wanted this like high performance you're great a plus actor you know right here playing the part and she don't even care but anyway after showing flows like fellow studeress tina micklow the women like immediately notify the pilot which begins a game of telephone oh great so that never goes well guys it doesn't well it, it goes it's okay it's okay it's okay uh the pilot captain william scott contacted air traffic control who called seattle police who then called the fbi the fbi ended up contacting the president of the airlines donald nairop so the FBI suggested following the demands that Cooper would make to try and avoid any kind of like tragedy, which obviously David, the president, is like, give him whatever he wants. Like, yeah. Do not let this plane blow up. Like, yeah, no, does not look good for public eye, you know, not good for business. So unfortunately, Cooper, like told Flo he wanted the note back. What? So we do not know word for word what exactly is said, but the attendants recall it requesting $200,000 and then two sets of parachutes delivered as soon as they landed in Seattle. Okay. If not complied, the note threatened the blowing up of, like, the plane. He's yeah. Like, I'm going to blow this plane up. So... Yeah, unfortunately, we don't want with exact words, but everyone who read the note states, like, the captain, the flight attendant, the, I don't know. Yeah. Other people said that the note ended with, no funny business. That's so weird, though, that he would, like, say, I want my note back. (laughs) I would have been like, no, you can't have it back. (laughs) That's so random. Dude, Reading this case, like, at first I'd be like, oh my god, I'd be so scared. But at the end of this case, I'd be like, I'd be so annoyed. I wouldn't even be scared anymore. I'd be like, either do it or, like, I don't know, go away. Like, who are you? Yeah. But it's sad that, I mean, it's kind of smart he got the note back because they didn't have any evidence. Well, they don't have any evidence. They don't have his handwriting. Like, there's certain things, like, they could have had. The note note was handwritten, yada, 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 and he he asked for it back, which, again. But that's what I mean. I would have been like, no, you can't have your stupid note back, you troll. When Flo returned to Cooper, he, like, moved seats to the window and indicated Flo to sit down next to him, which, creepy. Yeah. He then proceeded to open his suitcase slightly to show off the wires and two cylinders, Mm. a.k.a. a bomb. Yeah. Cooper then instructed the stewardess to tell the pilot not to land until the money and parachutes were ready at the Seattle-Tacoma airport. That's when the pilot made an announcement over the intercom that due to a mechanical problem, that the plane will not be able to land and had to continue flying while they waited. It was also stated that most passengers had no clue there was a hijacking. Like, see, that's on. what. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, obviously, they didn't want to freak everybody out. But imagine like getting off that plane and later on being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I was on the plane with DB Cooper. To which also, I had Sick. something in my head to be like, 
Are we sure he didn't just, like, throw some wires and some cylinders, like, into a suitcase and that it really wasn't a bomb and he was just bluffing? I haven't gotten that far yet in the story. Okay, but... sorry. Okay. So that, that question's going in my back pocket. All right. Put it in your back pocket. We'll talk about it later. Okay. So Cooper was very detailed about how he wanted his money. He requested $200,000 to be in 20s. Yikes. Which a lot that much money would end up weighing 21 pounds i know but who wants to carry all that around obviously that guy but okay well i actually read that there's like kind of a science to this because if you think about it if you requested it in bigger bills that Mm -hmm. would be like more sus oh i guess yeah and if he did it in smaller bills then his bag would like be even heavier yeah (laughs) even more to carry (laughs) so i guess 20 was like a good medium i don't know like maybe 50 dollar bills i feel like he he could have got away 50 dollar bills but whatever we'll get to him um and not sure if we all made the connection the man requested parachutes so it is assumed he's gonna jump out i just want to make that clear yeah so obviously you're not gonna want it in all ones and then literally have to lug around a hundred pound bag full of money yeah so I guess 21, like, I don't know. I This man, he's a very strategic person. So mm-hmm. I think he purposely mapped it out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, lost weight and he was, like, perfectly 189 pounds. or No, 100 and, wait, 179 pounds to make it, like, perfectly 200 pounds when he, like, jumps out of the plane. You know what I mean? He's, like, a Oh, yeah. You'll see. Anyway. Uh, Cooper also requested all the bills to be in, like, random serial number sequences, so he doesn't want it, like, you know, one, two, three, four. He wants yeah. it random, so it's harder to track. Mm-hmm. The FBI, like, followed his request, but them sneaky little peeps made sure all the serial numbers began with the letter L. Hmm. So I guess it's, like, a number, or a letter than number. Yeah. Interesting, though. So they, they did try to, like, sneak around it. Yeah. And now I have, like, no idea how this works, but does the FBI just have access to a lot of money? Like, well, they had $200,000 in 20s with separate serial numbers, but all beginning with L. That's very, like... Well, I just wonder, too, like, do they just print it off? Like, because they can? Because it wouldn't have already been in circulation or whatever? Like, I don't know. That's just, like, a thought I would have. Well, if they did that, then D.B. Cooper is personally the problem with inflation today. (laughs) Yeah. Get mad at him. (laughs) You can't print money off and then not affect anything. That's what I'm wondering, too. Like, they just, like, print it off and then, like, I don't know. Maybe they were hoping to, like, track all the serial numbers and just, like, confiscate it back. I don't know how it works. Because, like, obviously they wrote down, like, they kept track of what serial number it was, too. Yeah. But... I have no, no idea. idea how it worked. No idea. No idea. Um, it was said that actually the hardest thing to get was the parachutes. So at first they got parachutes from Tacoma's McCord Air Force Base. Yeah. But Cooper rejected them. He did not want military grade parachutes. He wanted why. regular skydiving out of airplanes for fun ones. Which, okay. Which, on a side yeah. note, I will say, like, anything that says military grade, guys, that does not mean that it's, like, indestructible or that it's better. <laughs> like, I feel like the military has, like, the lowest standards for anything. Like, 
real talk, they just like whatever is like gonna barely get it passed in being safe. That's like what military grade is, at least in my opinion. So I think I mean good for yeah. you, DB, for not wanting military grade ones. He probably want like the safest ones possible. Maybe. Or maybe I think he just didn't put it in calculation, like how much the military grade weighs, the size of the parachute, I, the thread count of the rope. I just, this man, he gives <laughs> me Because like, he was those really vibes. meticulous. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see. Anyway. Okay. And also, I just want to say, like, let's just picture this. Poor Flo just running back and forth, being the messenger between the pilot and Cooper. You know what I mean? Oh, I would be like, so frustrated. The like, pilot's I like, <laughs> we can, they, they have military-grade parachutes just to run out. Do you want military-grade? No, I don't want military-grade. <laughs> I want regular parachutes. Like, oh, my God. Like, he doesn't want military. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I just can't imagine. I would lose my mind. Yeah. <sighs> so, anyway, the FBI ended up going to, like, an actual skydiving school, which was, like, not actually, like, currently open, because, mm-hmm. remember... It's the day before Thanksgiving. You're supposed to be drinking, not jumping out of planes. Drinking, jumping out of planes don't mix. Yeah, true. So even though the place was closed, they somehow got in contact with the business and they agreed to sell them four parachutes. Oh my gosh. Which this Greedy. bothers me. Yes. Like, sir, there's a man attempting to bomb a plane above us. He wants your parachutes. Well, you're going to pay for him? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, like, you would assume, like, if something were to happen, be like, all right, you're going to, like, reimburse me if something happens to him, right? Like, that would make sense, but I don't know. I don't know. I would hear bomb on a plane. I'd be throwing all the parachutes. Give like, them to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just feel like, like, the good of the world, like, take everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. But then again, maybe the FBI, like, didn't tell them, like, why they needed it. Because at the same time, if the FBI came knocking at my door and be like, give me your parachutes, be like, no. <laughs> yeah. No. So she was closed. The day before Thanksgiving, excuse me. Like, I don't yeah. know. Who knows? I mean, the parachute guy knows, but who yeah. knows? Um, I also read that the FBI was thinking of giving Cooper fake parachutes. It was never stated on the note that he was going to jump off the plane, but I mean, it was assumed, obviously. Yeah. But since he requested two, they were worried he may take a passenger or, like, a crew member as hostage, so they, like, x that plan. Yeah. But can you just imagine, like, <laughs> giving him a fake parachute? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> out. There he goes. so messed up. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, really... Like, really funny (laughs) really jacked up but really funny um so by 524 the fbi has gotten everything requested by cooper which is actually pretty impressive because his flight took off at 4 30 so like within an hour yeah yeah, really fast like i said they either are printing money they have stash money or i don't know yeah anyway the pilot was instructed to land in a remote, well-lit area and that the FBI needed to send the items with a single person by taxi and they were not allowed to be near the plane. Hmm. So after landing, Tina was sent to get the four parachutes and the 20-plus pound bag of money at the stairs of the plane. Once the demands were met, Cooper released the 36 passengers and Flo 
who's like the first stewardess. Yeah. So I, I don't know why, but he released her. But he ordered the cockpit and Tina to stay in the plane. Well, that's annoying. I know. I'd be like, let me off. Yeah. Again, again, this guy is just like, oh, I'd be so annoyed. I'd be like, I don't even care anymore. Like, push me out of the plane. Yeah. Like, deal with you. Ugh. An FAA officer requested to board the plane to warn Cooper about the consequences. Ugh, my God. <laughs> to warn Cooper about the consequences of air piracy. To which Cooper said, nah. <laughs> he was like, I already know. It's fine. He's like, yeah, no, you don't need to come on the plane. I decline. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> I don't do, need to know. Do we expect him to be like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on. Yeah, come of on course. down. Let's have a party. <laughs> Want to have a drink? Who knows? So while still on the ground, Cooper made Tina read the instructions of the airplane stairs. Mm-hmm. Like how they operate, whatever. He then asked her if they could put them down while flying. To which Tina told them that she did not think that was possible. And Cooper replied, you're wrong. (laughs) Why did he ask? I hate that. I know. I hate when people do that. When they, like, ask you a question and then, nope, that's not right. And Well, then why did you ask me? (laughs) Exactly. I was like, who is this man? That's why I was like, I I think at that point, if I was Tina, that would be my breaking point. I'd be like, sir, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to walk off the plane. If you do something, whatever. I don't care. Go for it. Uh, so <laughs> it is believed that DB was like a plane nerd mm-hmm. and he picked this flight on purpose. So he knew a lot about the Boeing 727 plane he was on. Cooper told the crew he wanted to go to Mexico City, which I mean, don't we all? <laughs> um, and he instructed the pilot to fly at an altitude of 10,000 feet and keep a speed of 150 knots. Okay. Which 150 knots is, like, ideal to skydive at. That's, like, the speed, like, that's good to skydive at. But it's, Mm -hmm. like, also pretty slow. Like, you were saying earlier, it was, like, 500 knots airplanes go nowadays. Yeah, like, 480. Super slow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the crew warned him, like, they're not going to make it to Mexico City, like, before running out of gas doing that. Like, sir, we're not going to get it there. So they agreed to make a pit stop in Reno to refill. Before taking off, Cooper requested, let's refill in Seattle. Like, so they're still on the ground, and he's like, okay, refill here, we'll refill in Reno, and then we're going to Mexico City. Yeah. So the 727 could hold about, like, 52,000 gallons of fuel. And like I said, D.B. Cooper is such a nerd that he knew the plane could take on 4,000 gallons a minute while refueling. So after 15 minutes, he became angry and demanded what was taking so long. Hmm. So he, like, like, had it down to a science, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, who knows this? (laughs) Like, who knows how long it takes to refuel the plane you're on that you're hijacking? Well, I mean, he's hijacking it, so at the same time, you do your work. A plus for, like, you know, all the effort he put into this. And that's why I think he didn't want the military-grade one. He didn't know the thread count of the rope. Like, I think, honestly, (laughs) like... He was like, I don't know. I'd not study this. Like, yeah. this, is, this is not going to work. So, but Cooper also instructed that the cabin be depressurized. So he knew that at 10,000 feet, everyone would be like, okay to breathe. And that once he opened the doors to the stairs, that there wouldn't be like that huge, like gush of wind that happens yeah. when like it's all pressured and stuff. So 
like I said, this guy literally has it down to a science. He's just waiting on everyone else to get on his time schedule. Literally, like, tapping his clock, like, what's taking so long? Let's go. Um, so the plane ended up taking off at 7.46 p.m., heading towards Reno on a route called Vector 23. So Vector 23 was a route that was able to get past the mountain ranges at 10,000 feet requested, you know, to fly at. Mm-hmm. So once flying... Cooper demanded that everyone stay in the cockpit. Unfortunately, the cockpit did not have any visual access to, like, the rest of the cabin. There's, like, no peephole, no cameras, or, like, anything. Yeah, I bet that is not the case anymore. <laughs> but Yeah, I, yeah. In the, in the 1970s, yeah, for sure. Security hazard. <laughs> yeah. Um, by 8 p.m., a red light lit up and notified the crew that a door was opened. The pilot, William Scott, asked over the intercom if Cooper needed anything, to which he yelled back, no, <laughs> and jumped out of the plane. <laughs> which, 746, okay, so, like, a real nerd, like a, not a real nerd, but, like, a real nerd would be like, okay, how how far could you make it in 15 minutes with that direct route to know, like, where he jumped out at, you know? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, to figure out where oh, he yeah. landed, where's the money at? What actually happened? But then again, that's where all the crazy theories come in. No one knows. All right. So at 824, the plane kind of like dipped. And I don't know the best way to describe this, but there was a movement in the plane, right? And the pilot had to overcorrect the flight. Okay. So the crew took note of like where the plane was at at that time. So, William Scott, a.k.a. the one flying, claims that they were 25 miles north of Portland near the Lewis River. I don't even know where that is, but sure. It's in Washington, technically. Yeah. Um, so, now again, no one knows for sure, but they assume the plane dipped due to the stairs being lowered. I was just going to kind of ask that. I was like, how does one guy jumping out automatically mean that the plane, like, dipped? But I guess if there's stairs moving, eh, makes sense. See, yeah, that's where it was at. Yeah. So, which I think is interesting, too, because they said around, what is it, around 8 is when the red light went on to say, like, oh, hey. Yeah. The door's open. Yeah. And then 24 minutes later, the stairs, supposedly the stairs moved and made the plane. Yeah. So, again, no one knows, like, exactly just because, I don't know, there's just no proof. There's no evidence. There's no cameras. There's no nothing. No eyewitnesses. Well, I wonder if it took that long. Because, like, what if he was, like, second-guessing himself? What if he was like, ah, crap. (laughs) Change my mind, guys. This is kind of scary. I mean... Well, honestly, like, yeah, maybe, that, do, though, at that point? maybe that's what took so long. And he's like, all right, I got one way maybe. out. Gotta so got to get the current. Might as well. Or I don't know. Maybe he like was planning it perfectly where he wanted to land right on that spot. And like he knew exactly where he was. I don't know if we're giving like DB himself like a higher up, like, you know, more credit than there is. But maybe he like really like was, you know, planned it. Yeah, if he was that meticulous. Wanted to jump at that spot he like knew exactly when they should be at like if he calculated it yada yada yeah, that would make sense so i don't know it's forever a mystery but um <laughs> obviously 
DB was the one that lowered the stairs because remember he's the psychopath that wanted the stairs lowered. Correct. Yeah. So around ten fifteen, the flight made it to Reno. Once they landed, the pilot over the intercom to Cooper, like he yelled it, like "Hey, like <laughs> we made it, still there," kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. But he received no response. So once the crew opened the door to the cabin, they were left with an empty plane and only one parachute lying on the floor and his tie on his seat. That's interesting. That's super interesting. Still, yeah, it's it's weird. It's super weird. Like his, we're um, talking like the tie he was wearing. So yes, like, so they actually have tie. like evidence that had that could have his DNA on it, right? Like that's what we're saying. Well, we'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. I got it. Tristan explains it all. All, is all well. right. Don't worry about it. So, and this is like honestly, literally the last anyone has quote unquote seen Dan Cooper. I say in quotations because honestly, no one even saw him jump out of the plane. Like, yeah. Obviously, he's not on the plane anymore, but, like, no one really saw him jump out. So, I don't know. Weird. And there has been so many investigations and tests, and no one could really say if he did jump, like, if he survived or not. Yeah, see, that's what doesn't make sense, because I guess if he was so meticulous, and, like, you're saying he was wanting to make sure, like, he was at a certain spot, part of me feels like, okay, so did he have, like, a car waiting or some sort of way to, like, get away Honestly, I've reading this case, I've thought I was like, this cannot be like a one man show. There has to be like another. Oh, you're right. There had to have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who creates this plan and is like, I'm gonna do it myself? I, I, don't I know. mean, it's just weird. There are one man shows, but I guess you're right. Like, it there would make more are. sense if there were an accomplice. Yeah. Anyway. So. So, that, yeah, like, that's just it. Like, there's no investigation. Like, they didn't go search the trees. Like, you have to tell me. Like, there had to have been massive searches. Or did anybody, like, really hear about it? Like, how did it even get out? Because, like you said, the people on the plane had no idea that there was a hijacking happening. So how did it even get out? Okay, well, the people on the plane didn't realize there was a hijacking happening until... They finally landed, and then, D, like, Dan said, y'all can get off the plane now. I got my money. <laughs> I think they knew So they by figured then. it out? Yeah. Be like, why are we parked so far away from the <laughs> airport? Like, <laughs> I think they would assume, like, something was going on. But I don't know. I haven't, I didn't, <gasps> I didn't, like, try to search too hard about There's that. so many manifest vibes, Tristan. When the plane landed, they parked somewhere else, too. That's It's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, the police, like, really did try on this case, but just the circumstances were really against them. So, they actually sent an F-106 fighter jets out to follow the plane, like, when it first took back off towards Reno, when he had it hijacked. But since the plane was going so slow, and the fighter jets go, like, to speeds of, like, 1500 miles per hour <laughs> yeah. they, like kind of became useless like they could not slow down to like keep up with the plane yeah i guess like it'd be one of those things like you just have to like go in circles like constantly like trying to follow with a plane so it like ended up not being useful at all yeah um then the police went out and sent 
the National Guard's Lockheed T-33. Which is... Another aircraft. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, what is that? It's an aircraft people might know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know it. Anyway. (laughs) But by the time it caught up to the plane, Cooper had already, like, evacuated. He was already out. So it was kind of like, ugh. They really just it it's they, they had good like high hopes you know they really like they tried but like so frustrating do you ever <laughs> yeah. do you ever think though about stuff and be like do you think that they were frustrated because they felt limited back then or do you think like cops and investigators and stuff like that were okay because like they had they had limitations but they knew like they did all that they could at the time like do you get what i'm saying Because, like, if this situation Uh, were to happen nowadays, like, we would have caught this guy already. Like, we would have caught this guy before they even landed the first plane. However, that's not the time. So, like, I wonder if, you know, people felt like, oh, there's got to be more we could do, even though there wasn't. You know what I mean? I mean, probably. And I think, like you said before, like, if it was, if it happened now, like, we would totally get him, like as soon as possible he wouldn't even get on the plane let's be real like he wouldn't make it that far because this is before probably like high security yeah before boarding planes and stuff like well that. and you have to think like it's so frustrating because there's so many stupid things that people got away with you know 50 years ago but then again there's still things that people get away with that were like how did you do that even today that's true that's true yeah and i mean i have to give the man credit db he was a smart guy. Yeah. So, again, police are really dealing, like, you know, like I said, with a smart criminal. Yeah. Here. Since Cooper bought his ticket in cash and awkwardly made the stewardess give him back the note, yeah. <laughs> police really didn't have that much, like, information on yeah. him. All they had was his description from witnesses, his tie, and the name Dan Cooper. Which, again, do we so, even know if that was his real name? I'm getting there. Okay. The tie was tested, but not much really could come from yeah. it. Uh, the tie showed signs of a chain smoker and was also thought to, to belong to a chemical or metal plant worker, but someone in higher management. Interesting. Because I guess, like, obviously, if you're, like, a chemical plant worker, you're not wearing ties out on the assembly yeah. line. but. So that's that's their thought. They had like you know whatever substances of those type of things, yeah. but they couldn't really track down like what exactly like oh it came from this plant or this yada yada you know. So unfortunately, it didn't it didn't lead to too much. Um, police also searched like records for Dan Cooper, mm-hmm. but really didn't come up with anything. Which honestly makes sense, because let's be real, that was probably a fake. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but while searching, they came across a Portland man named D.B. Cooper. So this D.B. Cooper was totally innocent and had nothing to do with the crime. But a member of the press accidentally confused the names and claimed the hijacker actually went by D.B. Cooper instead of Dan Cooper. Okay, wait a minute. So Wait a freaking minute. Are you telling me this is like a Mandela effect? No. It's... No. No? 
his he actually did go by db cooper or he went by dan cooper what? that's what i'm saying no he went by dan cooper but then somebody said it was db cooper and now everybody's been calling him db cooper since even though it's supposed to be dan cooper yeah because so it is like a mandela this... effect no yes it is okay. no keep going i don't I don't think you know what a Mandela effect is. Yeah, when you think it's something, but it's actually something else. Yeah, the reason we all think it's D.B. Cooper is because this guy made a mistake on the headline. Yeah, exactly. And switched the names. And then all the other articles used that article to quote off of. So that's why it stuck to I D. still D. think Cooper. that qualifies as a Mandela effect. I don't care who you are. I no, will die on I that hill, so. Tristan. I will die on it. I mean, this this false Mandela effect is... <laughs> I, I have opinions at the end of this podcast that no one's going to, like, support me with, so... I whatever. can have my Mandela effect. I don't support effect. this. Okay, fine. Someone probably okay. will. Whatever. Sure, it's a Mandela effect. Okay. Whatever. But anyway, so that's why it's known as D.B. Cooper. It's actually a false. His real name is Dan Cooper, but that's honestly not his real (laughs) name. Let's be real. It is fake. Yeah. (laughs) So, oh, and and again, like I just said, it is another strike for this guy. First, the chick doesn't read your note that you have a bomb on the plane. And now the media messes up your fake name. Yeah. (laughs) Like this man has gotten no respect. This this (laughs) is your sign. Guy, you're not in the right place. Field. Yeah, you're not in the right field. Of you work. are not meant to be this criminal. Just, yeah, honestly, but what a sucky, what a sucky time. I'd be so mad. At that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like calling the happy face <sighs> anyway, killer the smiley face killer. Like that's not his name. That's not his name. Yeah, don't put disrespect on my name. Exactly. Anyway, so there has been like many searches for DB Cooper, of course, and none has like really led to any identification of the hijacker. Yeah. In 1976, charges were filed for the air piracy, but no one has ever been charged. Well, yeah, because who are they going to charge it? Like, there's no person. I don't know why they did that. (laughs) I hope they didn't waste taxpayer money on that. Yeah, like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. They're they're charging. It's a charge. Yeah. Like, what? Okay, sure. Um, And there really was only one major break in the case. So, on February 10th, 1980, an eight-year-old boy found bundles of $20 bills near the Columbia River. Oh, snap. So... Now, if you're not local, the Columbia is, like, a pretty big river, and it divides Oregon from Washington. It's, like, a massive river. Not one that you want to try to swim across. Like, no. Yeah, it's a very big river. The boy ended up finding almost $6,000 worth of 20s. And they were proven to match the serial numbers of the ones given to D.B. Cooper. Sick! So they actually... So he had to have gone down somewhere... See, okay, 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 okay. If this is what's happening, I'm already starting to think homie didn't make it. Like, that or when he jumped out, his bag opened and he lost a bunch of the cash. Like, or, or is he so smart that he purposely left it to throw it off the trail? Because who's to say, Taylor, I have a thought. 
Who's are you gonna say it now? You want me to hold on to it? I don't know. Where I'm getting somewhere. I mean, I could just crush your dreams if you want. Okay, me go to, ahead, but... crush my dreams. I'll 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 tell you my thing later. Anyway, so let's just remember this is literally a 50 year old case, and everyone and their mother has tried to solve it. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I'm Elliot. No offense, I'm Elliot to anyone. But like. If you have a theory, it's probably been debunked. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, searches were made around the area where the bills were found, but unfortunately, on May 18, 1980, later that year, Mount St. Helens erupted. And it is to believe that that is that, like, there is no other evidence. <sighs> like, any other evidence that there was is now just. Oh, I never heard about that. Sad. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, so- it makes tons of sense. Because what I was going to say is, what if he opened up the plane early so that he could throw some money out, right? Mm. That way he could like, oh, they're going to think I jumped out here and they're going to look for me here. But then he really didn't jump out until later. That was what my thought was. That's interesting. Yeah. So don't smash my investigation. Well, let me hear... Let me tell you how you're wrong. Okay. Um, I think I go back to it a little bit later. This this podcast is a little jumbled up, but all the facts are here, so it's okay. So, and this is kind of where the case just goes cold. Like, there's really nothing after that. Like I said, it's believed that all the evidence, if there was any other evidence, could have been destroyed by Mount St. Helens erupting. Yeah. Um. And again, this is 50 years. The boy found what he found it in 1980. So he found it almost 10 years after DB went missing. And you can look at the pictures like those dollar bills look jacked. Oh, it was like 10 years later. See, I was trying to remember in my head, like, when did this happen? 10 years like that could have like traveled down the river anywhere, like anywhere. Ugh. again, sweet Taylor. Yes. We will get there. Fine, fine. The theories. All right. We will get there. Keep going. My theory is the ultimate theory. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, like I said, uh, this case went cold. I mean, like, before it was pretty chilled, but by then it's practically, like, frozen. There is no evidence, like, whatever. Yeah. Well, eh. It actually, it's it's a slush. (laughs) Let's say that. Okay. Because as we all know, there's weirdos in this world that like to falsely confess to crime. Yes, narcissists who have problems. So there's many people that claim to be D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Why? I They just really want a felony on their record. I, I, I honestly don't know why. Like, why would you claim to be yeah. a hijacker? Well, because he was cool. I don't know. Was he cool? Like, what they think, like, oh, yeah, I'm D.B. Cooper. Like, where's my $200,000? Like, yeah. do you, you don't, there's no reward for being D.B. Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't understand what you gain from yeah, that. Yeah, I guess it's true. Because people I are lost dumb. My 200, <laughs> I, wa- I lost my 200 grand on the way down. Can I get it yeah. back? Like, can you get, can I get a refund, please? Like, I don't know. It's just so stupid. Yeah. Uh, so there was a bunch of people. Um, police did take fingerprints from the plane mm-hmm. and... Spoiler alert, none of the confessors ever matched their fingerprints. Yeah. Well, I mean, are we surprised? No, not really. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, officially in July of 2016, the FBI had announced that they were no longer actively investigating the case of D.B. Cooper. That's a bummer. I wonder why. Right? Uh, they claimed that they never solved the case, but it is assumed that the hijacker died while jumping out of the plane. Plausible. So, at first it was thought that DB was an experienced skydiver, especially since he knew so much about the plane and requested a fly slower at a lower altitude, yada yada. But it is also thought this man was an idiot <laughs> and very inexperienced since he decided to jump out of a plane in southern Washington during winter weather literally wearing business attire so i don't know take your pick on this guy mastermind or idiot hijacker like i really don't know i mean who knows he could have been you know just wearing something underneath like he could have just had double layers of his jammies double layers well even that like you're landing and it's dark out what he jumped out at like 8 p.m supposedly like, you can't see. Yeah. Unless, I don't know, if they never mentioned he had a headlight on. Maybe he did. Maybe he had a little head, like, lamp. I don't know, but. I I don't know. So, it is assumed, the FBI has assumed the man died on the way down. So, this is, like, where it gets really, like, you know, theories of, like, what could have happened, yada, yada, yada. And I think, honestly, the most interesting one to me is at least, like, the fact that the money the little boy found ended up on Tina Bar. So, Tina Bar is one of the many beaches off the Columbia, but according to the FBI's flight map, it is 20 miles east of the route taken that night. Okay. So, it's 20 miles away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, in 1974, a dredging operation took place on Tina Bar, where they excavated soil from the Columbia and then put it on the bar. So, like, dug up soil from the bottom of the Columbia and, like, put it on the bar, I'm assuming, to make the beach bigger. I don't know what dredging is. Didn't look it up. Yeah. Could care less. Soil is being added to the bar, though. That's all we know. That's interesting. Well... Here we go. At first, it was thought that the money was originally in the Columbia and then got moved to the bar during this operation. Mm -hmm. But further research goes that the money was found away from the soil that had been moved and was disproved to be possible. Okay, I'm sorry for sounding like an idiot, but I don't get it. (laughs) Oh my god, what? So, like... (laughs) (laughs) reiterate it for me because i don't get it (sighs) okay we'll just here we go from the top tina bar is 20 miles away from the flight path the plane okay the plane is crossing over the columbia tina bar at that point is 20 miles down the columbia or up the columbia i don't know okay okay then in 1974, so it was three years after the disappearance, but six years before the money was found, soil from the Columbia was dug up 
so the, this is the bar is on the side of Columbia, but they took some soil from like the actual river and added it to the bar. Yeah. So how are they saying that it was, how were how they like disproving it? Like, I don't understand. That's what I don't get. Like, how is it disproved? Like, because the money was found away from the area they added soil from or soil to. Um. So like, I don't know, say the bar is like, you know, this big and they added soil to like this part of it, but the money was found on the other side of like the Okay, beach. okay. I get what you're saying now. It makes sense. I'm sorry. So like when they first saw it, they're like, oh, dude, it like, remember when they dug up the Columbia? That's how the money got there. But then they found out, no, that's not possible because that's not where they put the soil from the Columbia. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah. No, it does. See, there's a theory, and then the theory is gone. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was the whole story. Yeah, okay. It's not possible. Got it. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So, I'm, I'm glad we went through that. Was that yeah. good? Everyone understood? No. Take a poll, class, everyone understands. You know what? We move on. Do you know how many times this happens where I get into it, and I start telling you stuff, and you're like, whoa, Taylor, I lost you, and I have to go back and reiterate it, so I'm, I'm glad you finally had to do it for once. No. Yes. Okay. So there's also like just so many like theories of what truly happened that night. Yeah. Like I said before, many people claim to be DB Cooper or said that they thought it was like a family member or a friend. And I'm just going to list a few because they are literally just so interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of the first people to admit that he was DB Cooper was a guy named Jack. Uh, coffee it? Coffee it? Yeah. Coffee it? Coffee it? I don't coffee know. It. Coffee it? Okay. I don't know. Um, Jack <laughs> Jack was a longtime con man, and he had multiple injuries during the time of the hijacking. Yeah. So, like, he's like, I don't know what injuries were. Maybe he broke his back, at, like, coincidentally at the same time. So that's like, oh, hmm, kind of adds yeah. up. But his story had so many inconsistencies that the FBI, like, ruled it out. <laughs> They were finally like, yeah, bro, this, you're not – we're tired of listening to you. You're not yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, another suspect was Kenneth Christensen. Now, Kenneth was a paratrooper and then, at the time, a mechanic slash flight attendant for the Northwest Orient Airlines, a.k.a. the airlines that was hijacked. Yeah. All right. So it was said soon after 1971, Kenneth bought a house with all cash. Hmm. Well, back then, now, you wouldn't need a whole lot to buy. If you. Yeah, but like all cash yeah. still, no matter what. You buying something all cash, that's impressive. <laughs> you buying something cash now, that's really impressive. Yeah, it's true. You have cash on you? <laughs> you carry anyway. cash? Yeah. Nobody yeah, does huh? that anymore. Now, Kenneth died in 1994, but his brother Lyle saw a documentary on D.B. Cooper in 2003 and was convinced it was him. Hmm. Yeah, no comment. Um, he even, you know, resembled the sketch of D.B. Cooper. Like, he saw similarities in that. But it was never confirmed and later determined that Kenneth never bought a house in all cash. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I was like, so dumb. <laughs> yeah. There's so many that are just so dumb. Next, we have Barbara Dayton. 
So this one is kind of crazy. Uh, Barbara was originally named Robert. All right. And actually went under the knife and did gender reassignment surgery in 1969. So she was originally a man and then turned into a woman. Mm -hmm. So she claimed to friends that she committed the hijacking disguised as a man and then later switched back to a woman so she could never get caught. Well, that's plausible. Because don't we have a person we're going to cover later on? Dude, I literally looked it up. I was like, is this the same person? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure her name is Barbara. Uh, I didn't, I looked it up. I didn't see like all, every time I looked up Barbara Dayton, it just came up with the D.B. Cooper theory. So Mm. I didn't look too into it. Interesting. Yeah. I think there is a person though. We got to do that. Yeah. And she was like in Washington. Yeah. So who knows? Um. Unfortunately, Barbara passed away in 2002, and the FBI never took her as, like, a suspect seriously. They never really were like, yeah, whatever, lady, kind of thing. So, interesting. Hmm. Another suspect is William Gossett. Will, William, whatever, was a veteran of the Korean and Vietnam Wars. (laughs) He was a skilled survivalist and a parachutist. Will claim to his family and a judge. I don't know why he came to just a judge. <laughs> anyway, he showed up and started telling can... a judge. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, but he admitted that he committed the hijacking. Okay. Will's son even noted that the Christmas of 1971 that the family had a lot more money than usual. He got some pretty sweet gifts. You know, like, sick. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, in 2003, William passed away. Uh, there is actually, I really don't know, like, what to call him. A D.B. Cooper expert. Mega fan. I don't know. But a guy named Galen Cook, the mega fan, is convinced that William is the most possible suspect. Hmm. He even turned in DNA of Will's to test to the FBI and the FBI replied back that there is no evidence to link William to the case. Okay, so does that mean they actually tested it? Or they were like, no, bro, you're crazy. We're not even wasting our time. See, I don't Interesting. know. See, I, I, have, I have suspicions of that. Um, another theory is I didn't get this guy's name. I probably should have. I was like, there's so many theories. And I was like, I need to find the best ones, but they all are so amazing. Um, there's a theory of a man who actually went missing, and I think in like 1969 in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So he was like working at a grocery store, and then he just went on lunch and never came back. The keys were in the car, uh, unlocked, all his stuff was there. He just disappeared. Weird. So there's a theory that he went to Mexico. And that he came back to America to hijack a plane and steal some cash. And the plan was to go back to Mexico. So he disappeared twice. Hmm. Which, how crazy would that be? Yeah. You're a missing person. You disappear off the face of the planet. They haven't found you. And then you just show back up, take a flight, say, yo, give me some cash or I'm blowing it up. Uh Uh-huh. And then they give you cash and you disappear again. They play, <laughs> played you twice. That is insane. That sucks for those guys. Crazy. Yeah. So I think that one's really interesting too. Um, again, there's really like literally no evidence to that because 
the, the both men are still missing to this day. So who knows? Um, another one, this is the last one <laughs> that I think is insane. So Richard McCoy, he is a very top person in my book. Yeah. So he was an actual hijacker. In April of 1972, he ended up on a United Airlines flight with a hand grenade and demanded half a million dollars in four parachutes. Why why so, did I ask for multiple parachutes? Like what do you got, bro? I don't know. It's I don't know. I just think it's weird. But anyways, I don't know. So the plane stopped, obviously landed, got the cash, and then the plane took off again, and then Richard ended up in a flight suit and jumped off the plane hmm. over Idaho. Not wow, I can't read. That was bad. <laughs> over what? Idaho, aka Utah. Was Utah. <laughs> so he jumped out of the plane over Utah, somewhere over Utah. Yeah. So similarities, I think so. Well, yeah. Hearing the like news. That's when his friends alerted authorities that he bragged about having, like, a foolproof, like, hijacking plan. See, you never like, tell like, anybody. Oh. You never tell anybody your plans. You could tell them. So stupid. You could tell them pieces of your plan, but you, to- you don't tell them the whole plan. I Idiots. Know. So, Richard ended up submitting a handwriting sample that matched the note used by the hijacker so that's how they caught him because their handwriting matched the same oh so they were like we're gonna keep these notes and we're gonna find the guy because db cooper got away because we gave him his note back they learned they really learned um so richard ended up being convicted and sentenced to 45 years for the hijacking and actually (laughs) two years into his sentence Richard escaped from the penitentiary. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It honestly just gave me, like, flashbacks to, like, the Scooby-Doo movie where the guy jumps out of, like, he's at the... Where's he at? He's at uh, the big one in San Diego. That's my A. Alcatraz? That is not in San Diego. Alcatraz. <laughs> that is not in San Diego. What, that is in is San Francisco. Not to mention, Alcatraz closed down Same in, like, thing. the 60s, lady. Ma'am. Are you listening to my story? Yes. I said the Scooby-Doo movie. Zombie Island? Remember? No! No, no, no. It's number two. Number two. Oh, my God. Oh, like the actual, Do like, with Freddie Prince Jr.? Okay, yes. sorry. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I ruined it. Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed. Yes. When the scene of the guy that jumps out of Alcatraz in his weird little flying contraption. Oh, yeah. That's what it reminded me of because he jumped out of a plane. So that's why I picture, like, him jumping out of, like, that in a weird flying contraption. Like, I'm going to do it again. Like, I'm going to (laughs) escape. Anyway, he ended up escaping, though. And he, (laughs) unfortunately, three months later was killed in a shootout with police when they found him. So, there's theories of, like, okay, so was Richard, like, a copycat hijacker? Did he just, like, take D.B. Cooper's plan and actually make it work? Yeah. Or was he also D.B. Cooper? Or was he D.B. Cooper? Hmm. 
We'll never know. And there's actual FBI agents, um, Bernie Rhodes and Russell P. Clam? Calamy? Clam? Calamy? They wrote a book uh, titled D.B. Cooper, The Real McCoy. And they believe that they were the same person. Yeah. So. Hmm. I don't know. There's so many theories. Like I said, there's so many that I didn't list. Um, there's people who are like so invested into this. Yeah. So anyway, uh, to this day, no one for sure knows what exactly happened to D.B. Cooper and honestly where the rest of the money went. The Like what? $6,000 was found. So there's $194,000 out there somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I wonder, so, has it ever gotten back into circulation? I mean, now it's been, like, 50 years, but, you know, did he just, like, slowly use it? Did they ever, did they ever, like, put a, they had to have created some sort of something to where they could have, like, figured out if that money was ever put back into circulation, like, if it was ever used. Yeah, I don't know how it works, on. Because how useful and would wonder- that have been if he got a bunch of money and then he wasn't able to do anything with it? Yeah, that's honestly true. And I also wonder, like, if they, what they did with the $6,000 they did find, if they didn't put that in circulation, that's, like, evidence. Well, I guess, actually, if you look at the pictures, the, the, the money's pretty jacked up. Yeah. I'd be pissed if I got that from a bank. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I honestly don't know. I don't know how, like, that system works. We really should, like, look into that. Because this is, like, the second or third case where it's gone where they've, like, tracked serial numbers. And I don't understand. I can't comprehend how that works at all. Yeah. No idea. But it's really interesting. It is. Um, But, yeah. So, to this day, no one knows where my man DB is at. Taylor, if that's his real this name. This is your time to explain your theories. I explained my theory already. Oh my goodness, I forgot the most common one. Oh, I said I was going to go back to it. Hold on one second. We got to say it. We got to talk about Marla. Marla. All right. So this is actually named, I don't know if FBI named it the closest. I don't know if the world has named it the closest, the most like this is what everyone believes kind of thing, most realistic. I'm not yeah. sure. But... In 2011, a ma'am, a ma'am, <laughs> a ma'am, a lady, <laughs> a lady named Marla Cooper claimed that her uncle, L.D. Cooper, had expressed having money problems, but that they went away right after hijacking a plane. Interesting. Even though she claims that no money was ever recovered. Because her uncle lost it while jumping out of the plane. To which is possible. To which I say, sure, Jan. <laughs> I just don't understand, like, oh, yeah, my uncle's talking about how, oh, all our money problems are gone. But then at the same time, she's like, but there was no money. He lost money. He, he lost everything. Gone yeah. then? That doesn't make any no. sense. Anyway, so when pictures of LD were shown to the witnesses, one of the stewardess said that he honestly did look a lot like the hijacker. Hmm. Even after that, though, authorities don't view it as likely to be 
D.B. Cooper. Because they didn't or search into it any, anyways. They, like, were like, eh, we don't think so. We're not gonna. Mala, you're crazy. That's what they did. And they were like, nah, we're moving on. So it could be. See, who honestly knows? It is so, so weird. The whole story with Marla, though, is supposedly, like, Thanksgiving Eve, because this happened on Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. The men went out to go turkey hunting. And they were in Sisters, Oregon. So, first off, they're in Sisters, Oregon. They say, we're going turkey hunting. They would have to drive all the way to Portland. It's not, like, impossible, but, like, it's long. But also in the winter? Drive. That's a terrible drive. Like, it's a terrible yeah. drive. In the 60s? Yeah. Or the 70s, where this takes place? Terrible drive. Yeah. Today? Terrible drive. Still a terrible so, drive. Supposedly, they drove to Portland one of LD bought a ticket, got on the plane, yada, yada, yada. And the next day on Thanksgiving, her uncle came back all bruised and jacked up and he claimed he got in a car crash. Hmm. And then that's when she overheard them talking about hijacking a plane. Which, okay, if that's the truth, though. If that's the true, what really happened, that wouldn't have been, like, all over the news at that point. So, eh, maybe. That could be. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe. I have no idea. All of them are, like, there's so many, like, it could, yeah, sure. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I want to hear your theories first, Taylor. I don't have, I mean, my theory, I guess, would just be, like I said, that he, like, opened up the plane that he went to jump out but before he jumped out he dumped some of the money to like kind of like get him off the trail like i have in my theory i think there had to have been a secondary person i don't think he could have done all of it by himself but still yeah but still if if there was money that if they had a plan to like re like check to make sure if it was being recirculated and he didn't use it, then he died. But if no offense, America, if they weren't that smart and he just went off and did his own thing, then maybe he's out of the country by now. Who knows? I honestly think it's like any one of those things. Like they didn't solve it back then. It's been fifty years. I really don't think they're gonna solve it now. Yeah, sadly, no. I think it's going to be, like, this is one of America's most, like, famous, unknown mystery hijacking. And to that, I just think it's sus. Very, very sus. Yeah, what's your theory, Elliot Ness? <sighs> I have two theories. Um, My theory is, A, they're both kind of, like, not plausible, but I mean, this one's more possible uh the fbi covered it up i think they honestly like probably found him and then they found all the money but they just didn't want to like admit it i don't know admit Maybe that they, they lost to, like, like admit that like you could get away with yeah it. that's what i mean like admit their faults and be like yeah so, oh yeah so that like, they, they were like oh nah this didn't happen oh he, he's gone yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I don't I don't know. I just feel like there's so many like false narratives. There's so many weird things that happen. Like how did the money get all the way to 
Tina Bar, if they crossed it like 20 miles east, like obviously the river could take the money back to the bar and wash it up on shore because it was found on shore. Yeah. But they've done like tests and stuff like that. Like they've literally put like money in a little package on a fishing line and like put it to shore <laughs> and like try to test like how possible is it to like wash up on shore as far as it was found. Yeah. And like it's just crazy to think that they never found anything else. Like no other evidence. Yeah. Just the six grand. And I just I don't know. I just feel like the FBI could have found it, took the money back and said, okay, yep, we never found the money. Maybe they kept it. Maybe they just put it back <gasps> in the circulation. It's not like us Americans know what the serial numbers are. Okay. Like, okay. Here we get our conspiracy theories. So I've been doing mm. some research on different cases. And there was the guy, Jim Elkins, who was like the Jimmy Hoffa of the Northwest. What if he found him, took the money, and killed him, and now it's gone? Wait, what? The Okay. So what if, like, the Northwest Mafia got to D.B. Cooper? They found it. They just killed him and took his money. Ma'am. You know what I feel like is more likely than that? <laughs> what? Bigfoot finding D.B. <laughs> Cooper and killing him and taking his money. What do you mean? The man jumped out of a plane into the forest, and now the Jimmy Hoffa guy is just magically in the forest and knew exactly where they he was. They found him! Maybe, what were they maybe he did get eaten by Bigfoot. We don't know. Oh my god. Like I said, Bigfoot <laughs> is a time traveling creature. Yeah. So way more plausible than whatever. Freaking the mafia out in the forest chilling. Just saying. Anyway. And a slight sliver of me believes it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> you think it never I think this whole story is fake. Fake news. <laughs> It's fake. I don't believe any of it. Like, low-key, like, I, I know, like, people said it happened. There's news articles. I guess there's witnesses. But, like, did it really happen? Yeah, I don't know. How did they not find this man? Yeah, how did he get away from it? I just it? don't understand that. I don't know. The, if they never found the money, I would literally believe it never happened. Unfortunately, they did find the money. Or maybe they lied and said they found Maybe money. it was a different story. Know. Maybe this is a, yeah, maybe it's a whole different hijack. Maybe something totally different happened, and this is just a story that they gave because they needed to give the people something. <gasps> Tristan, it was aliens. No, <laughs> I'm also thinking, like, maybe it was, like, you know, the simulation got a little jacked up, you know? You know, like, the, you can see, like, oh, the simulation or whatever, and there's, like, five people that look the exact same right next to each other, like, right in a row. Have you seen those, like, pictures, those memes? No. <laughs> Taylor J, you really need to get on something. You've never seen the picture where it's like, you know, like the white girls with like brown hair to their shoulders, all wearing a jean jacket and black pants. And there's like five of them. And it's like, oh, the simulation's like jacked up. It like copied itself. Like, yeah. You know, like it like we're all a computer. Like, oh, it, got, it made it air. Well, like the fact that like Katy Perry and Brendan Urie's wife and that one other girl, they all look exactly the same. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. See, so, I'm picking up what you're yeah. saying. I, I get what you're saying. Anyway, I'm saying in a different dimension, maybe this happened and the money got transferred to our dimension. I don't like that you think in different dimensions. It freaks me out. <laughs> Not going to lie. I think that's more possible than any of them. <laughs> no, I don't think it's possible, but I just think it's interesting. You know but what if I mean? it was, like, that's your theory. Where? 
Or maybe the man jumped out of the plane. This could be manifest. Honestly, if you want to bring up manifest in planes, the man jumped out of the plane and maybe he's going to be gone for 100 years and he's going to come back with $194,000. Yeah. Time travel. And it'll probably be only worth like yeah because of inflation (laughs) no because you know money like that isn't it usually worth more i don't know well maybe if it's dated 100 years do they date dollar bill i don't know i don't know they're gonna look up the serial number find out stevie cooper anyway that's my theory this man is he jumped out of the plane he hit a wormhole i don't know he's somewhere else yeah yeah. Or it's like Land of the Lost. Maybe he's in Land of the Lost. <laughs> Maybe. We're at I that's that's my theory. That's your theory. That's, it, it it there's nothing else that makes sense in my head. All right. Well it's a very interesting case. Uh I think there's tons of theories. I think eventually someone's gonna figure it out. Someone's gonna earn unearth something. Maybe it was covered by water. We're gonna find his dead body, preserved. We're gonna find out DB Cooper is Bigfoot. Or something like that. Yeah, and no. we're going to figure it out. So. My theories make way more sense. Yeah. Either D.B. Cooper died because of Bigfoot. Or he j- totally just jumped into a different dimension. <laughs> See you later. He stuck. Or it never stuck happened. Somewhere. Or it never happened. Maybe he went through a Stargate. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Dude. All right. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening. We love hanging out with you guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Maybe that was his plan. Maybe he knew. He was so smart. He's like a plane, like whatever. He just knew. Maybe he's a scientist. Maybe he's like, maybe he's like the second coming to Edison. And oh like, my Or Tesla. Goodness. Tesla could do stuff like that, right? Maybe they he knew like at the velocity of the plane, yada yada, the perfect like drop of the parachute maybe he poked a hole through a parachute to make it drop faster with the 20 pounds and he knew that he'd create a time a wrinkle in time and he would just transform somewhere else that is my theory thank you good night